You are listening to the All Focus and Grit Breakaway Roping Podcast, where we provide you a roadmap to success both inside and outside the arena. Here are your hosts, Breakaway Ropers, Dreamers, and Goal Setters, Jennifer Casey, Cody Fuller, and Dusty Crenshaw. Welcome back to the All Focus and Grit Podcast. I'm Jennifer Casey. I'm Dusty Crenshaw. And I'm Cody Fuller. So I got a funny story to tell you guys. My seven-year-old daughter is playing softball. And she has this bucket of balls that has two mitts, one for me, one for her, and a bat in there. And I kid you not, every time I try to sneak out the house with my rope to rope the dummy, she is two steps behind me with this bucket of balls. Because (laughs) I, I worked out a deal with her that I would rope the dummy, and then I would pitch to her. And while she was going and getting all of the balls put back into the bucket, then I get a rope to dummy again. And then I pitched her. <laughs> and so now this routine has started. So I think it's awesome and fun. But it, um, yeah. She has a lot of determination. She does. Good, she though. She's all about it. But, like, how many loops do you get on the on the dummy? I, I get five until she's like, Mom, are you ready to pitch to me again? I'm like, okay. Yep, I am. <laughs> Well, I like that you're fitting, you know, you're working on your goals and she's working on her goals. I know, it's And you're strengthening your arm when you're pitching to her. There you go. It's a win-win for all of them. That's true. (laughs) I need to get, do they have weighted, I know like basketball, they have weighted balls. Oh my goodness. We get weighted softballs. I don't know, I'm not a softball person. Some of the ones that she hits um, are pretty. I I would not want it weighted coming at me. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. She's she's gotten some that have... uh, I kind of think we might have to find a different location because we're kind of headed towards the house and the windows. Ooh. I thought it was far enough away, but she's getting some. She's good starting torque. to make connection with a couple of them, like oh. And I love her to death because every time I have a bad pitch, she goes, "That's okay, mom. Pitch another one." <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, so that's, that's what's been cute. going on with me. Anything else with you guys happening? Um, I, Maddie has decided to abscess again on the other front foot. So we got Sunday morning. She was a little sore by after being in the trailer for six or seven hours Sunday. She was pretty sore. And so I've been, so I can't decide if it's an abscess or a bruise. And we've been going back and forth and it got really swollen, really hot for two days. And now it's kind of went back down and hasn't popped. She's pretty sore on it still. So I told her she. By next Saturday, between Saturday night at six and Sunday at Satan three, she has to be okay. Right. Well, hopefully she listens. She does. She hates being left home, and she yeah. hates not getting roped on. It just makes her like today at Kim's. She had to be tied, and she had, anyway. She just thinks it's the worst thing ever. So hopefully she understands yeah. that this has to be resolved. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully. The nice thing about I mean not. Not that abscess is nice, but you know, they, but it's it's, it's they, it better be than worse. yeah exactly than right and and she'll be, like as long as she's not as lame as she was at Walla Walla a couple weeks ago yeah. where she was three legged on the other foot yeah we'll be okay right yeah because you know an abscess at least eventually it's gonna come out right so. and it is an abscess and we hoof tested it today and I know it's an abscess it's just I talk I've talked to my vet 
I talked to my brother, who's the horseshoer. I talked to my other brother, who's the horseshoer. And then I talked to Kelsey Nanella, the my horse nutritionist. So, like, anybody <laughs> I can talk to about this, of what, what we can do to speed the process up. Right. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Cody? How's your week? Uh, it was good. Um, I finally, I haven't been able to really practice or whatever. I finally got to last the end of the week, I finally got to rope some live cattle, which was Yay. nice. I went to, I went over to Hermiston, um, to Tom Roberts' place, and he has some nice Holsteins that he has over there that he's actually, he has them for team roping, and he let me come over and break one, and they were awesome. Yeah. They were perfect. Yeah. Um, I, it was interesting, so I'd never done this before, but he, uh, doesn't have a heel box set up, so... I break weight without a box, which he was telling me he did that on purpose because that's what Brent Lewis does for to train his horses. He doesn't use a box because then they can't squat or start those bad habits. And so mm. it was actually really good for my horse because he kind of likes to try to squat a little bit sometimes. Oh. So it was good for him. And then so he, did he always have you put the horse in the same spot? No, you just kind of go back in there wherever you want. And you just kind of, a lot of times you just walk stardom. And it was really yeah. good for him, actually. Yeah. It was. It's weird to get the hang of at first because you're used to coming out of the box. But it's, I don't know, it's the same idea as when you set your horse off the back of the box. Right. So, right. so it was a cool idea. But okay. it was nice to get to finally rope some. <laughs> like, you know, see if I remembered how. But Did you remember? Um, on some of them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, just some, but... It's a start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I think we were talking about earlier about the whole blacking out thing, right? When you, oh, yeah. during your run. So yeah, I think that goes back to when you're practicing. Right. The practice. And, well, in that, like last week when you talked about um, when you black out or mm-hmm. if you can remember your run. Yeah. So it is interesting how your brain works and, and can adjust for seeing what's going on or, or not. Mm-hmm. And that muscle memory I, I made a, a mention like last week we talked about barrel race and how I blacked out. If if you're practicing at home barrel race, then you don't get to make like ten fast barrel runs. At least with breakaway roping, I mean you can make you know ten or fifteen breakaway fast runs to help that process of not blacking out happen. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So this week we get to talk about. So last week we talked about breakaway horse market. So this week we're going to talk about now that I have my breakaway horse, what do I do with them? So I bought this horse and now what? Good. So anytime after I bought the horse, that's when I freak out (laughs) when I get them home. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll kind of go kind of step by step, you know, what do you do when you unload them from the trailer? Like what, you know? So the first thing I guess we'll talk about is, you know, what kind of pins are you going to put your horse in? Right. I think this is huge. And um, we have electric fence pens at my house. And um, it wasn't a big thing until I've, we've always kind of had electric fence pens probably for the last 10 or 15 years. But then you get another horse there that's never been in an electric fence pen. That could be scary. They could run right through it not knowing it's hot or anything like that. Or, or touching the electric fence might scare them a little bit. Like I know yeah. I have my barrel mare and she's kind of she's pretty high strung so I know for sure like I wouldn't be able to put her in an electric fence she'd run right through it so and then I think the other thing to think about is some lots of times or if you have gotten a 
you know, say a, something that's come out of a barn, like a cutting reject, because they might be reject for cutting, but they're perfect for us, or a reigning cow horse that have, right. where did they, they've spent their two and three-year-old life in a barn, right, and never seen the outside world, I think it's stressful for them, because I don't have a barn. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right, so. that's true, and then when you let them loose in the pen, are they next to other horses, you kind of got to make sure that they're going to get along with them, and you got to watch them, make sure they're not going to kick through the fence, and... Yeah. There's a, there's actually a lot of things to watch for when you first unload that horse and get him in the pen. Right. And I think the most important piece of it is not just to throw him in the pen and walk away. Like, you need to kind of be in the be daylight. Yeah, yeah, in the daylight. Exactly right. And just so you can kind of keep an eye on how the horse is responding to their new environment. Yeah. Well, and, and two, if it's a horse that's been hauled, like thousands of miles and been in barns and been tied to the horse trailer chances are you're not have to worry as much but if it's a if it's a greener horse um yeah you're gonna have to really pay attention and so what happens if the pin you have for him isn't working i'm not opposed to tying a horse up i've I've done that quite a bit you know find a good railroad tie and a bucket of water and some hay and that's where they stay if they're gonna be stupid right until they get kind of used to they get used to their new place right right it's not a bad idea or if you don't have anything set up you could throw them in the arena right or panel pin or yeah or the arena works really good too as long as there's nothing laying down in your arena something that always helps too just to get them comfortable is throwing them hay exactly when you put them in the pen so they they can kind of be calm yep at that point, no to be calm in there. Yep. So what do you feed your new horse? <laughs> well. Big question mark there. <laughs> exactly. I, I like what Kim said last week um, when she said, you don't want to change everything. Like, keep them on a similar feeding program. Because um, she said, you know, sometimes new buyers will grab, will take their new horse home and be like, oh, I'm going to give you grain and I'm going to give you this and I'm going to change this and then change that. And either they're going to colic or they're going to be a basket case because they're not used to so much stuff getting pumped through them. So I think a, a slow, slow change is good. Or, yeah. yeah, like if someone will send, if they have hay that's way different than what you have, maybe they're from, you know, across some states that you don't have that hay available or something like that. If they could send you with a bale of their hay so you could slowly mix it in with what you're going to be feeding them, that's a... And I think that, especially if you're going to sell a horse, to make sure you send hay with that horse. Um, Because I know a couple people have been hauling horses because they've been driving back and forth to Texas, and then the people don't send hay with that horse. So then not only that horse is changing from what their original hay to what it's hauled with to what you have. So I think that's... Yeah, not only the stress of hauling and then changing their feed, it's a little scary of a situation. Right. How do you establish a routine with your new horse? Well, I think hopefully when you went and tried out the horse, you were able to like at least bond with the horse a little bit, kind of get an idea of, you know, is the horse spooky? Is the horse gentle? Like, where is this horse at? And then, you know, when you unload the horse from the trailer, once you're home, love on it, pet on it, um, again, watch it. And then your routine would be kind of aligned with your goals. Um, if you're ready to hit the ground ro- running and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a rodeo next week. I mean, you, you better make for sure that horse is a seasoned horse or, you know, the practicing and just setting your goals for what you need.
What do you think, Cody? Well, I think just kind of getting used to each other. So maybe mm-hmm. take some time, ride the horse a little bit before you just yes. ram and jam and like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go make 30 <laughs> runs on him. Here, see how it goes. Yes. So yes. maybe just go at it a little slow at first and mm-hmm. not have too too much pressure on them at first and, and kind of get to know what their vices are if they need more scoring, things like that, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. know how much you can rope on it, how much they can handle in a day kind of thing. I think, yeah, I think it's important. I think as much as you can just ride them to ride them mm-hmm. outside of the rope, even outside of the arena, um, mm-hmm. is how you can, you know, and be able to establish a routine that, okay, I feed you at the, you know, oh, these yeah. times. Um, when I get you out, I'm going to tie you here. And so that they can, they'll be able to calm down. Because even a seasoned horse could have some anxiety around a new person if you do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is yeah. why as little kids were always taught, you always saddle from this side. You always put the boots on from this way. It's all safety related, but think of those routines that we've established with our horses. Because if your horse is a little spooky, um, like my mare, like, you know, but as long as I approach her from this way to put this boot on, she's going to stand there. But if I come, <laughs> right? <laughs> and hopefully that's something that, wherever you bought the horse from, hopefully that's something yes. that they have filled you in on and not glossed over that fact like, oh, this horse pulls back if you do this. Yes. Right. Or they had this accident, so make sure you don't do this. It'll scare them. So hopefully mm-hmm. they filled you in on that so you don't have to find that stuff out. Exactly. My horse, my mare hates dogs. And I was at this, where we were <laughs> earlier today, and I'm like, oh, you know, you need to get your dog back. And I'm like trying to so nicely. And they're like, they didn't believe me and I'm like mm, yeah the dog the dog is fine <laughs> but you know I mean I think that that's they're all things that you're learning and kind of getting right. to know and I think it's important that you brush your horse and run your hands over their horse your horse to is there little bumps or I think there's nothing wrong with that all horses come with those things but that's just what their baseline is right and and when you when you talk about brushing a horse um you know, a lot of times people will duck underneath the neck of a horse while it's tied up. Mm-hmm. You might not want to do that with your, you know, your first time hanging out with that horse because you don't know if it was to pull back, you might be in a bad spot. Um, again, just knowing that horse and, and kind of figuring out a feel for is a horse just going to stand there and be chill or is he kind of extra sensitive in different areas? So yeah, I think just making sure you're paying attention is... Right. I, I, I'm a firm believer being around horses that do have pulled back and then owning being Reno's owner I just don't tie my horses up hard and fast anywhere really yeah. unless it's to a railroad tie um, right. and I like or when I'm in somebody else's trailer I'm always hoping there's a piece of twine there that I can tie to not that either of my horses pull back but I think it's just so ingrained Right. so right. I think so how do you guys establish a new exercise routine for this horse like how much do you ride him what's you know I think it depends, like for me, I've always done the same, you know, same kind of outline of horses, like just getting them in shape and, and riding them. I always, you know, lope them around the arena. Usually, I just kind of have a feel for how much time I've spent on them. But if a horse a little bit more, needs to roll down a little bit more, then you spend a little bit more time exercising them and wearing them out a little bit and knowing, okay, I need to ride them a little bit longer before I start roping on them versus a horse, you know, versus another horse that doesn't get so fresh or... Yeah. Something like that. When I'm good, I think you made a good point. Is do you need to write them down because they're fresh, or do you need to write them down because they're just so 
poorly fit. Because right. like my new my new to me horse, I thought we I ride through the orchard. I thought he was snorting at everything when we're riding, and but his body wasn't moving, but he was snorting. But I don't think he was snorting like because he was scared. I think he was out, he of, was breath. out of breath. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I'm I'm pretty careful. Like my horse, I spent I don't know several weeks getting my horses legged up before I roped on them because. You don't want to hurt your horse. If they're out of shape, they're a lot more apt to hurt their horse. So that's a good point is, you know, like my horse, he's not going to buck me off or anything like that. I'm not worried about that, but just getting them in shape. So that's the difference there. But then, then like, you know, other horses really high strung. You're really doing it just (laughs) just to get them worn down for your safety. Yeah. So how I did it. So I have a two and a half mile path that I long trot with Maddie and I mean, she can do it. Twice probably, I, I, you know, without even breaking a sweat. That's just her. So the new horse, like today, I've had him for two weeks, and we can long trot half of it. Mm-hmm. He probably could do more, but I feel bad right. <laughs> for him. You know, not that I'm not roping on him because I feel like he's his muscles are in shape. His just lungs just don't aren't the long there. distance, yeah. And I think that's important too, um, especially if it's a, a young girl that just got a new horse, because they're probably going to want to get on that horse and oh lope them, and, yeah. and lope them, uh-huh. and lope them until the horse is, you know, foaming. And you you've got to be careful of working them too hard because then they're going to tie up uh-huh. or get sore or have muscle cramps. I mean, you've you've got to. You know, yes, you want to be able to ride them and long trot them and lope them, but then every once in a while, just go walk around for a little bit and then trot them again. And just, you really pay attention to, is my horse having trouble breathing or is the horse smooping at everything or, you know, just just getting a feel for how that horse is, is going to help you set up an exercise routine. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So what do you guys do as far as wellness for this horse once you got a new horse? What, how do you assess them? What do you do if you find something? Well, I think when I when I, you go first buy a horse, um, if you have a vet check, you kind of have a feel for, well, maybe this horse might have a little bit of arthritis, maybe they need a little bit of Prevacox, or maybe there's absolutely nothing wrong with the horse. You, you, you kind of need a feel for how the horse is. Um, obviously, hopefully, when you, when you went and bought the horse, you were able to like look over, look for, you know, sometimes a horse might have a weird, I have a horse that has a weird bump in his shoulder and it doesn't affect a thing, but I, I, I know it. I know it's nothing new. I know it's something he's had since he was a baby colt. It's just, it's just a bump there. So I, I, I know that's not a new thing. So when you go in there, um, you kind of want to have a, a, assess your horse and see how your horse is. And then, of course, you want to ask the 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 buy, or the people you bought the horse from um, when the horse was last wormed. Um, have, have they had their teeth floated? Uh, just those shoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When was the last time they got shot? Or what, can you shoe the horse? Was, yeah. And or was it special shoeing? Yes. Yes. Um, did they have to have you know wedges or angles or you know all the horseshoer speak? Right. Yeah. Whatever that is. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that because here's something really interesting that I found about my horse is if you shoe his right foot like you normally should, his shoulder slopes funky. And so if you get him on hard ground, he will um, yimp. So you have to kind of shoe him at a, a weird angle and he's totally fine. 
So, I mean, those are the weird quirks that, of course, you want to know about when you buy this horse because, you know, I went four or five horseshoeings and I'm like, there's something wrong with my horse until we got to really looking and seeing what was going on. And, and that's what was happening is he just lands so different than any other horse. Wow. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> But it's kind of like a person needing a shoe lift. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's, and it's not something that is um, common. I mean, no. but it's something that, you know. Easy to fix. Exactly. Easy to fix, but you wouldn't yeah. think of it. You'd be like, dang it, I have a lame horse. I just spent all this money on a lame horse. Yeah, you're getting them, taking them to vets, and they're not finding anything. Yeah. yeah. So just if, if you can have those conversations with the people you're buying them from, just so you know what type of wellness you're looking for, what, you know, what's been done, any weird quirks. If they have a history of tying up or yes. colic. What's this horse on injectables? What, mm-hmm. I mean, on, you know, weekly that's injectables. A, that's a really good point. Have their hawks been injected? Do you need to keep up with that? Or intermuscular intravenous injectables that, that, you know, like what do you need to be following up on and giving? Yeah. Um, and check their teeth. Stick your hand in their mouth and check their teeth. Yeah. You stick your hand in the mouth, check their teeth, open their che- open it up and look inside. So you, even if they just had their teeth, then you know what that looks like. Cause I think, you know, that's important. Mm-hmm. So then I, I got my new horse and you know, they said they use this bit, <laughs> but I think I should use this bit or I don't have that bit. How like, and I think that and saddle fit mm-hmm. and I went through, I got a new to me horse. I went through three saddles in one week, but trying to figure out which saddle right. fit us. Yeah. Well, I think like with the bit, if it's a real, a lot of times you can get home and if you don't have that exact same bit, you can match one that's pretty dang close to it. And mm-hmm. the horse is broke enough. Usually it doesn't make that much of a difference. But if it's a pretty unique bit that they were using, I would say make sure you try to find the same ones or see if they'll send the bit with them or you know a lot of times they will or they'll tell you where they got it from and you can get that same bit because you don't want to change it up too much on that right and that's why I started using Tristan because I can take pictures and measurements and within two weeks I have a bit so oh that's awesome awesome. yeah so like that's how I started using him I'm like I need this bit because it's what they were using with Hurley and I'm like okay so what did I do and he was able just to, wow. Yeah, he, he, he's, he makes bits, but okay. yeah. Yeah. So now that's why I have like five of the bits. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, this is so easy. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's yeah. great, but yeah, no, I think either have them send the bit with you or have a replica made. Well, and I would, I would definitely take a picture of the bit if, if they're not sending it with you, um, just so you have a baseline mm-hmm. of what you need to find that's, Close, you know, and how it's fit and how the tie down is Mm -hmm. fit. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, how short do they usually adjust the tie down? Because that's that's huge. Yeah, and every horse is different. I mean, some of them need a little bit more snug. Some of them, it probably wouldn't matter if you had a tie down on them or not. I mean, it's just yeah, exactly. When I started riding Reno, I I set it up and then like every time. I would go, and then I think I remember Brent, too. They're like, no, 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 this is where his tie down needs to be. Everybody kept shortening it. Oh, and adjusting, yeah. 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 Well, and and back to the saddle. I mean, you want to make sure that saddle is fitting and not going to rub sores on them. So, yeah, you Yeah, because that got a whole... Right. A whole host of problems. Right. 
or so I've always rode bigger horses and then I get matty and like my saddle pads are too long yeah not I mean my my saddle's fairly short because it's um it doesn't have much fenders or whatever behind the kennel but my saddle pads were too long interesting yeah. and then they would hit her in the back <laughs> so so you gotta get those pony pads <laughs> exactly <laughs> so when you ride the pony you have to have if only I could have the is it the red nylon halter you know breast collar oh yeah because the breast collar, she, I don't ride a breast collar on her for that very reason because it doesn't fit. Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't be doing anything. Just no, it just, just cause it catch it on her knees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what? Um, what do you guys prefer to use for boots on the horses? Like, you know, how do you determine what what kind of leg protection you're going to use for your horses? Well, I, I use skid boots for sure, and I usually use leather ones. Um, I like them just because. The dirt falls out the bottom. Right? And they, they last forever. They do last forever. <laughs> they do. Yeah, as long as they're not the Velcro. Yeah. Yeah, no, like the actual Gambini or whatever. Yeah. I have a Todd Sloan pair, but they last forever. They do. They're nice. And you can take them and get them repaired really cheap. Mm-hmm. They're hard yeah. to find, but... They are. Um, th- so, yeah, I always use the leather skid boots. I don't like the sports medicine boots on the back. Um and then bell boots on the front, and yes. then I've started wearing sports medicine on the front. I, I just worry about in the summertime, it's the heat. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah, so yeah. if you're going to have sports medicine boots, put them on right before you rope, take them right back off. Yep, I agree with that because, I mean, honestly, that can be actually dangerous for them to leave them on too long. Mm-hmm. Not only sand, but the heat. Yeah. And I think I'm thinking in the summertime when it's 100 degrees and we're roping. And and that's something to think of too. If you're on a breakaway roping that's lasting for a really long time, mm-hmm. maybe in between your runs, take off the boots. Mm-hmm. So even at Filer, which there was a short turnaround, so Maddie's a pain. To, so when I had Reno, I would always take the skid boots off, and I never wore front boots on him. I never would like sports medicine boots. I can't get the back ones on and off, Maddie. Because she won't stand still while I do it. <laughs> I've landed on the ground and people have walked by and why is Jennifer laying there? And that's because she's knocked me down. So her back boots stay on the whole time. But I will take her sports medicine boots on and off between each run. So I think that's important. Especially for high school kids. High school rodeos. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think people, sometimes it's easy to get lackadaisical about it. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm no, I don't want to take them off and put them back on. So I know, like... I like, on my barrel horses, I like to um, use polar wraps, Mm -hmm. and so I have to be really conscious because they're supposed to be really snug. I have to be really conscious of, like, the timing of it because you don't want to leave them on too long. Mm -hmm. For one, if you put them on too early, they're going to lose their effectiveness by the time you run, and two, they get really hot. They trap the heat in there, too, so you got to take them off right after you're done with them. That's what's great about the leather boots, the Ed Glumbas and the leather skid boots, is they're not going to... Pose as much, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's important. Um, and I think, um, especially for more rookie riders, to think about the tie down. Did they have a flat leather tie down on them? Did they have a rope tie down? Did they have a chain tie down? So that you have the same tie down, um, right. along with the length of adjustment. And then, as you're fitting new tack to your horses, is just you know, run your fingers along the inside of the bridle. Is there any pinching, right, um, between the bridle and the chin strap? 
um, or have somebody else do that or how I test saddle fit is I'll stick my hand underneath or like between in, on the withers and the saddle pad and then have the horse walk and I kind of put pressure down and see make sure that there's pinching um, I think as long as you're riding I I'm a Todd Sloan saddle person mm-hmm. I, I, that's you know um, and that's I went through the three different Todd Sloan trees the other day to try to find the one that fit us both um, because I, they have to, it has to fit the horse. It can't hurt the horse, but it has to fit me, and so it doesn't hurt my back. And I have to have it narrow enough so that I can grip. So yeah, I did the same thing with this break my horse I'm on right now. I had a, a different Todd Sloan saddle on him actually, because I'm a Todd Sloan fan too. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I just I don't I don't know about this one on him. So I went and grabbed like an older one that I had, and I put it on him, and it just fit him so much better. And it yeah. fixed a few things that we were working on. So, yeah, I think that goes back to when you're looking at horses. Maybe not the finished breakaway horse, but when you're looking more at prospects, it was so easy to find a saddle that fits CK. Like I, any saddle, he has this nice set of withers mm-hmm. and this nice normal sized back. Like every saddle I put on fit him per se. They just didn't fit me. So versus Maddie, I mean, it's been I just went best case scenario yeah, this will be good enough <laughs> right the shortest saddle is what I went with but yeah so I think that the withers and how that looks is huge so so I got my horse I got my bridle got my saddle I got the boots on I got my breakaway rope um how do you approach roping like are you roping the sled are you roping the um out of the box are you tracking cattle what does that look like for you guys well, I think, again, it depends on the level of horse you bought and the level of roper you are. I mean, if you're a green roper and you got an advanced horse, you may want to have somebody pull the sled around just so you can kind of get in that comfort zone with the horse. And the same thing if it's a green horse and, and you're even if you're an advanced roper, I mean, have the sled. I mean, there's absolutely, you can get so much done with roping the sled. You can get the slow work done. You can get that bonding done with the horse. The horse knows what you're wanting. Um, you know how the horse is going to work and feel underneath of you. So, I, I mean, if you roping the sled's huge. Or find some slower cattle and rope some slower cattle. Don't go out there and, you know, especially if you're green and, and try to be a, a 2-7. Like, go get comfortable riding this horse. So, that's my thoughts on yeah kind of give everything. the horse a chance to you know just go don't go out there and just blow it up right because that horse can be super broke but you don't know how to communicate with that horse yeah, yeah. and then that's gonna the horse is gonna be like i don't know what you want like this is not what i'm used to right oh well it, it, there's so much truth to that because i've had um kids ride my my, my breakaway horses before and the first thing they do is they, they lift their hands up high, like normal. I mean, it's just a kid thing. They go into the box with their hand elevated, you know, five feet in the air. And and the first thing the horse does is start acting crazy in the box. And the horse has never acted crazy for me. And I'm, I, and it's just, and if, if they went in there and did that five or six times on some fast cows, the, 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 the kid's going to hate that horse. And they're going to lose confidence. They the are. Because it's all about confidence. It is. It's so huge. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be like, what? what is wrong with this horse? Exactly. Not realizing that it's just because it's not what he's used to. Exactly. Yeah, and if you drop the hand, the horse relaxes and away you go. But it, it, you, you don't know that. I mean, 
I mean, you know that, but as a kid, you, you don't think about that. You think, oh my gosh, this horse is crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, just again, goes back to doing some slow work, getting used to your horse, getting used to the horse, getting used to you. And really, it's not like it all takes that long just no, to do these no. steps. You know, you'll get a feel for it right away. So it's not like we're telling you guys to go out there and be like, spend four weeks (laughs) on the sled. You know? (laughs) No. (laughs) Break my roping prescription 101. Yeah, exactly. So you'll get a feel for for a routine with them pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think that's just it, developing your routine with them. And you're instilling confidence in that horse and then in yourself. So I think that's most important thing when you bring your new horse home for sure exactly well and and i think too let's say you've gone through all of this stuff and and something's not feeling right take a video i mean technology is amazing take a little video send it to the person you bought and say okay the horse is doing this why and they can watch you and say oh it's because your hands up in the air or because you're turning your horse to the wrong direction when you get done roping or you know just different things like that where they can look and see so again when you buy a horse make sure whoever you're buying it from is not going like all right thanks for the money see you later bye bye like that you still have that open communication that dialogue with them so you can go back and, and give them a call and say hey you know what this horse is doing this and and how do I fix it or yeah, and most people, most yeah. people that sell you a horse are going to be happy to help because yes. they want to see it work for you. Exactly. So, I mean, that's where you you don't want to go, to, yeah, to some horse trader that really just is selling you. You know, you got to do your homework when you, you've already done your homework with buying a horse. You bought it from a reputable right. person, so usually you'll have good luck with that, and they want to see it work. So, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask them. And then I think your next thing is to kind of set up where you're going to go with the horse. I would suggest, you know, a local jackpot or um, something low-key, even if it is a finished horse for your more green riders, because something that's not stressful. Don't take them, you know, if high school rodeo is a big thing for you, don't buy any horse, take them to the high school rodeo, because there's so much pressure on that situation. You want to set it up for success. It takes a little bit to get with a new Mm -hmm. horse. You're used to something else, and they're used to something else, so yeah you gotta practice is always different than competition so going to a jackpot straight because you get you get nervous you can feel what they're like when you're nervous because they can feel your nerves so it's a whole different game or take them to somebody else's arena if you can't go to a jackpot Mm -hmm. or something and that way you can establish while you're at the jackpot or somebody else's arena The horse still knows it's your routine. I'm going to saddle you this way. I'm going to ride you this way. And always be very consistent, right? You know, um, I get on my horse 30 minutes before the rodeo starts or whatever it is, you know, I'm going to warm them up for this long and then let them sit and put their boots on them. Whatever your routine is, just make sure at every jackpot or every rodeo, that routine is the same. No matter how rookie or not rookie your horse is, I think... That instills confidence in that horse, in yourself, in you, and then you can be more successful in the arena. Yep. So, I like that. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Take your new horse and go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most important part. <laughs> yes. Have fun. Yes, for sure. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the All Focus and Grit Breakaway Roping Podcast. Dream big and rope sharp. <laughs>